1: Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Cassandra Holloway, and you're listening to Health Essentials Podcast by Cleveland Clinic. Today, we're broadcasting at Cleveland Clinic's main campus in Cleveland, Ohio, and we're here today with Dr. Frank Esper. Thanks for being here.
0: Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you.
1: Dr. Esper is a pediatric infectious disease specialist at Cleveland Clinic Children's, and today we're going to be talking about respiratory syncytial virus, also known as RSV, and giving parents some advice on how to protect your child. Before we begin, we want to remind our listeners that this is for informational purposes only and should not replace your doctor's advice or your child's doctor's advice. So each year in the United States, an estimated 57,000 children younger than five years old are hospitalized due to RSV infection, and that's a scary statistic, right, for
0: any parent. Yeah, it is, and, and you know, you want to keep going scary. It's about 3.3 million cases around the world each year, um, with uh, you know over um, you know millions of hospitalizations uh, around the world. We have a lot of children um, that get hospitalized. This is one of those things where. Every pediatrician knows it's winter season because the hospital just fills up with small infants, mostly under the age of one, with bad, bad breathing problems due to RSV.
1: So can you start off by just explaining what is RSV?
0: Yeah, RSV is, you know, is is a cold and flu virus. Uh, We we talk about this all the time of the year where it's the the cold and flu season anywhere between late autumn to early spring. This is when the viruses like to come out. Um, And there's a huge number of these viruses and they all show up in their own little different sequence. Um, And for whatever reason uh RSV uh showed up a little earlier this year but it always shows up usually January February is, it, is its main kind of target for this neck of the woods but it can show up anywhere uh or anytime um and every year is a little bit different but this year it came in and it and it was pretty bad uh this year um we were um filling up beds uh and uh you know we would we would have times where <laughs> we were like wondering where all the beds would be for all these infants who needed a little support Thankfully, though, this virus itself is something that comes in, it causes a lot of problems breathing. So it's a, it's a, it, it can cause pneumonia and it can cause breathing problems, but many of these infants will actually ultimately do well. It just is a matter of time.
1: So what are some of the um, hallmark symptoms of RSV?
0: So as a cold and flu virus, mainly the thing that you see is cold and flu symptoms, which is you get a lot of coughing, you get a lot of runny nose, uh, you get uh, a lot of congestion, and usually if that, those types of symptoms last for about eh, three to five days or so, and more times than not, that's the end of it and you're done, all right? And so as long as you can take uh, you know, a decent amount of runny nose and cough, you're, you're fine. However, in some infants, um, it can actually lead to worse breathing problems. Sometimes it goes full-on pneumonia. Sometimes it gives uh, what's called bronchiolitis. And bronchiolitis is where your wind pipes get so swollen and so irritated that you have a hard time moving the, your air in and out of your lungs because the windpipes are so swollen. And that uh, leads to a lot of wheezing. And so a lot of times we see a small infant with uh, a lot of congestion, runny nose, and they just wheeze out of nowhere. We're saying, yeah, we know what this is and this is uh, uh, RSV. And sometimes they have such hard times moving their air in and out of their lungs that we need to help them out. We need to give them oxygen or we need to give them a little support uh, until their immune system can kick this virus out.
1: You keep saying infants. Can you talk a little bit about in the ages of RSV? Is it primarily infants that should be a concern or is it a little bit older children?
0: Yeah, actually it's, it's not, so, it is primarily younger children. So mostly under the age of two, but really under the age of one, six months to one year, the smaller the infant, the smaller the air pipe, the smaller the air pipe, the worse the problem. Um, however, what is more unrecognized uh, is that there are a lot of adults that have this problem too. In fact, Over 30 to 40% of all the RSV that we recognize are actually in the adult population. And so adults, while they have big windpipes, sometimes their lungs are not as strong, or sometimes they have other medical problems like COPD, or they're smokers, or they're on medications for cancer, et cetera, and they can get really, really bad RSV too. So it's really not just a pediatric disease, there's a lot of adult problems uh, with RSV as well. But the biggest problem that we see in uh, children are those children under six uh, months of age who also have other problems. Just like I said, when adults have you know, lung problems, they can get bad disease. Well, you can have a child who has lung problems too. So babies who are premature, all right, when they're born really, really early, uh, babies who have heart problems, babies who have lung problems, and sometimes they, those two go hand in hand, uh, or babies who are born with a bad immune system. Um, Those individuals can lead to um, really bad problems and really bad disease with RSV. And those are the ones we watch out for the the, the closest.
1: Keep an eye on. Yes, we do. For sure. Um, I want to go back to symptoms really quick. You mentioned runny nose, Mm -hmm. um, fever, a little bit of a cough. Are um, ear infections or pink eye ever a sign of RSV?
0: You know, that's not so much a sign specifically of RSV as it is any virus can lead to those types of things. Um, RSV by itself is not one of the hallmark pink eye um, causing viruses, uh, like let's say adenoviruses, uh, but uh, it can. Um, And ear infections, believe it or not, the lungs, the ears, and the sinuses, when we talk about sinus infections, they're all the same tube. It's just different branches off of the same tree. And so you clog up one, you back up fluid into the others. And so RSV, along with any of these others, can lead to backup of fluid into your ears, leading to an ear infection or leading to a sinus infection just because you've got so much gunk in your nose and upper airway. Uh, And so, yeah, it can lead to uh, ear infections, although it's not specifically the cause of ear infections. It it and every other virus out there can lead to ear infections.
1: Sure, it makes sense. So I read that RSV is so common that most children have been infected with the virus by age two. Yeah. Um, what factors contribute to if the virus runs its course, like the common cold or flu, or if it turns more serious into RSV?
0: Yeah, so every child pretty much gets it by the age of two. And the reason is that this virus knows uh, <laughs> it knows what it wants to do. It wants to infect babies. It wants to infect kids. And, you know, these children, for the most part, um, are basically passing the virus from one one child to the next. Um, sometimes the adults, we can also get RSV, but for us, we just feel it's a small cold, and this small cold, we still take care of our babies, but then we can pass the small cold, which becomes a much bigger problem in a small child. Uh, so it knows what it wants to do. Um, also, what we do see is that um, uh, usually it's not just one child in the family, usually there's several other children. Those several other children, maybe at the three age, the four age, the five age, uh, they're going to preschool, they're going to kindergarten, and that's just basically viral culture media, that they're bringing up all sorts of uh, viruses, including RSV, uh, and then that can come back to the home where a smaller infant who doesn't go to daycare uh, basically uh, can get infected. Um, the main thing is that, you know, what so, so almost everybody gets RSV by the time they're two, um, certainly before the time they're, they're five years of age. But not everybody gets bad RSV. So what is it that really makes it bad RSV? Again, the smaller you are, the smaller your airways are, the more problems you're going to have. So the youngest infant, certainly the ones under six months of age, definitely the ones under six weeks of age. Uh, Children who have, as we said, lung problems, heart problems, immune problems, people who have also neurologic problems can also lead to bad RSV. Um, Down syndrome has also been well associated with bad uh, RSV problems. And then you have um, children who are exposed to tobacco. This can lead to uh, lung problems in an infant that they don't have it themselves, but because they've inhaled uh, tobacco or tobacco smoke, that can lead to bad RSV or um, uh, individuals uh, or uh, small infants who aren't breastfed. We've well been shown that breastfeeding by mom gives a lot of immunity to a baby and that babies who are breastfed do not have nearly as bad RSV as those babies who do not get breastfed.
1: Wow, that's really interesting. So as an adult, I could have RSV right now? Yes. And I could be completely fine?
0: In fact, fact, I feel like I have RSV right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I also have five kids at home, so it's, You know, it is one of those things where for for adults, generally, little cough, little cold. um, We don't, we feel, oh, it's just a virus. But again, what's not necessarily bad in one person can be a lot worse in another. Um, It's one of the reasons why, uh, and we'll talk about, you know, how to prevent, is very important to prevent. Even when you think you only have a minor, minor cold, it is always very good to talk about strategies in order to prevent the spread to others.
1: Sure. So you mentioned that January, February are like the main hot points of when RSV kind of manifests. Yeah. Can it come about any time of the year, like even in the summer or spring?
0: You know, the answer is, yeah, there's always a little bit of, you know, this, this July, you know, patient with RSV We're like, where the heck did that come from? Um, and, uh, for the most part, there's always a little bit of, uh, things that are happening. The, the, the warmer climate you get the longer the RSV season is. So here up in the north, we have this big six week period where there's RSV everywhere and then it's gone. You go down to Florida, all right, their, their RSV season lasts for months because it's just a little more tropical, it's a little more wet, and for whatever reason, RSV is um, pretty much there for many, many months out of the year. Also, you have to understand, though, that uh, you know when we're in July or August and we're saying, hey, we're in the summer, it's completely the opposite of respiratory virus season. Well, that means... All the viruses are down in South America and down in the Southern Hemisphere. And so there's lots of RSV going on in the Southern Hemisphere during the summer. And then we flop back over to our winter and we see a lot of RSV happening um, here. So for individuals who are traveling, all right, or for uh, infants who are traveling with their family on vacation, maybe going to Peru or maybe going to Australia, you go there in August and um, uh, August, September or, or in July, that's actually their RSV season.
1: Interesting. Makes sense. Um, So walk us through if, um, you know, say I had an infant under six months and I suspect that they have a cold and Mm. they're they're at risk for RSV and I take them to, I guess, let's start there. Where do I take them? Do I take them to my regular pediatrician or the emergency room?
0: Yeah. Uh, RSV is a um, – it's it's a – it's a common foe of pediatricians. We, we know this germ a lot. Um, every pediatrician knows RSV. The first person, the first stop should be with your pediatrician. Now, not everybody is going to need to, you know, be seen by their pediatrician, but um, certainly any child uh, who is under three months of age, and if they spike any fever, you should be calling your pediatrician right there. Whether it's, there's a virus there or not, any child under three months of age, we definitely want to know about it because um, children under the age of three months are at risk of getting really, really bad uh, infections. They get really sick really quick. And so we usually uh, like to see those uh, children, no matter how good they look or no matter their symptoms, any fever, we want to see them. But certainly any child under six months of age. Certainly if they're having the runny nose, the cough, and it's the RSV season, if they're wheezing, we generally want to see them as well. Obviously, any age, if they're having troubles breathing, if they're breathing really, really fast, if they're wheezing really, really hard, if they are just looks like they're tiring out or working, uh, then we want to see them. Believe it or not, a lot of children that get admitted to the hospital um, for RSV are usually not because of breathing problems, but it's usually because they're breathing so much that they can't drink and they can't eat and they get dehydrated. And so usually the problem is not so much that uh, the, the virus has affected their lungs as much as the virus has affected their lungs to the point that they're just not drinking their bottles and they're not able to hold anything down or they're just too, you know they're like too busy breathing that they don't want to eat. And so we have to bring them into the hospital just to make sure that they don't get too dehydrated.
1: So let's talk more about when you bring them into the hospital. You work mm-hmm. on dehydration. What are some other steps of action that you would take?
0: The main thing that we do when we see any child in the hospital is we make sure that they, the first thing is we also is make sure that they're not dehydrated. And if they are dehydrated, we have to give them fluids. And we could do that by just putting in an IV and um, tanking them up, as we say. Uh, we go ahead and we give them, and they usually, when you give uh, someone who's dehydrated, you give them fluids. Boy, did it, it's, it's, it's actually really fun to see them turn around as quickly as they do. Um, dehydration is a very, very serious problem, but it is very easily rectified if it's identified. And it's one of those things that all pediatricians are cued in on. The second thing, though, we do is because this is a respiratory problem, we have to make sure that there's not a pneumonia. A lot of times we may get a chest X-ray to see if uh, there's a pneumonia going on. Uh, germs are, are sneaky, they like to pile on, um, they kick you when you're down, so when you get sick with one virus, sometimes a second germ tries to piggyback off the first, sometimes it's a bacteria, sometimes you get a virus that leads to a bacterial pneumonia, this happens a lot more with flu, but it can happen with any virus, and so we get a test x-ray to make sure that we're not missing a pneumonia. A lot of times we're listening to make sure that you um, are, we, we, we measure the amount of oxygen that's in your blood. Uh, we make sure that you have enough oxygen in your blood. If you don't, we give you extra oxygen, usually through uh, like a mask or a nasal cannula, makes them feel a little bit easier to, uh, makes them feel a little bit better. They breathe easier. Um, and then we just kind of wait until the baby's own immune system is able to kick out the virus.
1: How long do they typically, an infant stays at the hospital?
0: It's, it's, it's different for every infant. Um, most infants that don't have any other problems can be in and out within a matter of days. Um, sometimes one day, sometimes a couple. Um, it depends really on, whether they were dehydrated, and how long does it take for for them to start drinking again? I can't make a baby drink as much as I would love to say I could. Um, So it's really up to them uh, when they start drinking again, but also from an oxygen standpoint, we have to make sure that they're able to hold up and get enough air in their lungs. And so we just kind of watch them and take it day by day. Now, if you have lung problems or heart problems or you were born premature, Um, then it can be for quite some time. Um, Those are the babies that sometimes end up in the intensive care unit because they need even more help to breathe. Uh, And in those cases, it can last days to weeks.
1: Is there ever an issue where it's so serious that, like, quarantine would be involved?
0: Quarantine's always involved, but it's not so much quarantine as much as it is isolation. Um, the, the, this, this is a virus, as again, we well know it. It fills up the hospital, and by such, we do not want to pass um, RSV around from bed to bed and person to person. Uh, it is something that one of the things that we quickly recognize well before they get into the hospital. We have quick tests that allow us to determine whether or not someone has flu or RSV or a whole host of other different viruses. Uh, Viruses. We test them as soon as uh, as soon as they get into the room, or right before they even come into the hospital. Uh, and we always put them on uh, what's called isolation. And in this case, we put on these lovely blue gowns. But in some hospitals, it may be yellow, or in some hospitals, it may be pink. I don't know. But they're all these plastic gowns that are disposable that we crinkle up and throw away after we see every patient. We also wear gloves so that we are basically protecting ourselves from getting the RSV on us and then when we go into the next patient's room, we don't pass it on to them. So we wear gloves, we wear gowns, we wash our hands before we go into the room, we wash our hands when we come out of the room, we take off all our gowns and gloves and we go to the next room where we may then put more gowns and gloves on again, washing our hands and doing it over and over and over again. You can
1: see how serious not spreading it is that you guys take seriously. We
0: take it extremely serious because just just because, you know, someone's in the hospital with RSV doesn't mean that everybody in the hospital has RSV. Um, there are people who have surgeries. There are people who have cancer and they are receiving treatments or people who just broke their leg uh, and uh, need some uh, uh, help with that. And we don't want to, uh, like I said, these germs love to kick you when you're down. They will take advantage of any of those cases to cause more infection.
1: So for parents who might be bringing their infant into the hospital, if they see this type of protocol, mm-hmm. know that it's in good safety protocols, basically, that you're following this for a reason.
0: Yeah, in fact, a lot of times in, um, you'll see this type of protocol actually in the waiting rooms of both the emergency department as well as your pediatrician's office. They'll have masks available. They'll have sanitizers available right in the waiting room that you guys can use. Or if your baby is coughing, you can put a mask on her or him to prevent uh, the spread of germs within the uh, waiting room.
1: What are some complications of severe RSV?
0: Well, when it gets really bad. All right, when the windpipes swell shut um, and you can't get air to your lungs, that's what we try to avoid. Um, and we try to make sure that we, we give them as much oxygen as you can. But when it, in, in the, the worst case scenarios, it leads to what's called respiratory failure. You can't get oxygen to your lungs. Um, Thankfully, that does not happen very often in um, the United States. In developed countries, RSV causes a lot of hospitalization, but not a lot of death. In developing countries, it's flipped. Uh, There's a lot of death, a lot more death um, from uh, uh, RSV, because they just don't have uh, the ability to test or the ability to support um, infants who have really, really bad breathing problems. In the worst situations, uh, we have to actually put them on a breathing machine um, to basically breathe for them. Uh, or in, in the most extreme can, uh, uh, examples, they go on cardiopulmonary bypass, where, which we call ECMO, which is basically we just say, don't worry about the lungs. Don't worry about the heart. We will oxygenate the blood for you until uh, the, the lungs have healed enough that they can uh, go back online and uh, start breathing on their own.
1: Interesting. So just as a rule of thumb, under three, and your child has a fever, call your doctor. If they're having trouble breathing, call your doctor.
0: Yes, anytime. It doesn't matter what age. You can be 59. Go ahead and call your doctor if you're having trouble breathing, period. yeah.
1: Um, so you talked a little bit about treatment once they're in the hospital, kind of yeah. the breathing treatments. Are there any sort of medications that you would typically give a child with this?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, no. Um, there, there are a lot of medications out there that are trying to um, uh, work with uh, uh, prevent RSV and prevent. Um, you know, people from who have RSV from getting really, really sick. Unfortunately, we haven't really, we, and there, there are multiple ones that are on trials right now, but for the most part, they, they, they really have not shown to be a lot of benefit. We actually have a medicine that's been around for decades called ribavirin. And unfortunately, the medicine side effects are worse than the disease itself. And so the answer is that we just, while it, it does kill the virus, it doesn't help the patient. And so that's our problem right now. The biggest ones that we're working on right now are fusion inhibitors. um, And these seem to show some promise, but here's the, here's the deal with these viruses. And if I, if I'm going to show you what, what, what is a virus's MO, how does it operate? It basically get in, replicate and get out quickly. All right, get in, get out. That's what it does. And so that's why most people are only sick for three days. All right. Most people get sick and get better, but that's the three days that all it needs in order to um, replicate a whole bunch and spread to the next person. what the problem with medications is that you get sick on the first day you say well let's see how it goes maybe tomorrow you'll be better and then that's on day two. Oh, day two yeah you're really really sick let's go ahead and call your physician okay the physician sees you on late day two or no i'll see you the next day on day three by day three the virus is already out the door or is on its way down and so it's hard for us to say hey i'm going to start this medication on day three when the virus is already leaving to begin with and so how are you going to show that it's really helped Well, most patients get better on their own, so that's why we really don't have a lot of good medication options. Now, for those children who are really, really sick or have some sort of underlying problem like bone marrow transplantation or um, they have a really, really bad immune system, for those patients who are like transplants, uh, we do use ribavirin because then, if you're really, really sick and they have no immune system, then we gotta give them what we've got and we deal with the side effects as they come.
1: Interesting. So is there a vaccine for this?
0: No vaccines. We do have what's called a prophylaxis um, and that is we have, we know what this virus is. We know what it looks like and we can make a bunch of antibodies to it. So what we do is we have targeted uh, mainly this protein that's called the fusion protein. It's the main protein for um, uh, the immunologic response against uh, RSV and we can make a batches of it. We can make gobs of this stuff. And we find those babies who are most at risk of getting hospitalized. All right. And so those are the babies who are born premature or those are the babies who have heart problems or underlying lung problems or neuro problems or immune problems. And we say, okay, hey, In the first year of life, we're going to give you this medicine during the RSV season. And basically, we're pretending to be, uh, we're we're basically boosting the immune system with all these antibodies, and it really helps prevent hospitalization. It doesn't necessarily prevent disease. They may get a cold from the virus, but they don't get nearly as bad as they would have in those kids who don't, uh, who didn't get the uh, immune globulin. And so this is what we have used. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't really work for adults or older kids and so we, have, we can't give older kids or adults this uh, medication. And it doesn't help once you already have the infection. So it doesn't help from a treatment standpoint. But that's the best thing. There are several vaccines, and we've been trying vaccine. I mean, we've known RSV for decades. Uh, we actually did have a vaccine, a, um, uh, 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 a neutralized uh, vaccine in the 1960s, I want to say. And it actually led to worse RSV. Believe it or not, the vaccine completely backfired on us, and we had to stop it really quick. Um, And because of that vaccine backfire back in the 60s, we've been extra cautious about getting um, uh, an RSV vaccine. We had to make sure that it's extremely safe. But we have several in the pipeline right now. Um, and some of them are uh, in basically in the phase one, early phase one trials. Some of them are actually moving forward into, into phase twos and phase threes and we're gonna see where it happens. But that is like the holy grail of pediatrics, is preventing RSV. Uh, and if we do get a vaccine, then I certainly know that there's going to be a lot of happy pediatricians out there because we are dealing with so many babies, and we feel bad for them. They're so they're struggling so much. They're wheezing. They're unhappy. They're they've got runny noses. They just they're just miserable. Um, and sometimes, and a lot of times, they do have to come into the hospital. And so, a good vaccine will be a really big boon to pediatrics and and to infant health.
1: Fingers crossed for that. Yeah, we can, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, the last thing I want to talk about here is prevention. You mentioned you might you know be feeling under the weather today and you have children at mm-hmm. home. so what can adults do to protect their children? kind of what steps can they take? What advice do you
0: have yeah um, the, the, the device to prevent RSV is the same thing that we do for most of these viruses, and it really begins in the hands and the hand washing. The way that this virus goes from person to person and place to place isn't that you got coughed on by somebody and then that, that those, those cough droplets go right into your mouth or into your nose, no, usually you cough into your hands and then your hands go on to something else and then that something else goes onto somebody else's hands and then that goes into their mouth. Um, so the best thing to do to prevent Uh, to to basically break that transmission cycle is to wash your hands. Every time you wash your hands, you are breaking the cycle. You are preventing uh, any of these viruses from who jump onto your hands. By washing them, you clean your hands, and so those viruses can't get to you. But also, any viruses that you coughed and got onto your hands from you, you can't spread to anybody else. So washing your hands, um, you know, every time you cough or every time that you're interacting with individuals, preferably before you interact with them is the best thing that you can do. It's one of the reasons why we always wash our hands before we go to see a patient and we wash our hands again after we see a patient. Now, A lot of kids, and remember, this is a baby thing, right? This is a two-year-old. Two-year-olds can't really wash their hands very well. They don't have the coordination to use soap and water and to do it for 20 seconds. They don't have the attention span for 20 seconds. Um, What you can do, though, is the alcohol-based rubs, especially for the younger age groups, seem to do a lot better. They understand how to do to, to rub. Uh, this around their hands and so if they if you use the alcohol-based scrubs for the youngest children and then for the older children you know once they're in preschool they can definitely use um, either uh, soap or those alcohol-based rubs that really helps talking to um, you know prevention also is um, not telling people to touch their nose, to rub their eyes, you know, to stick their you know, fingers into their mouth. Uh, again, we're talking about two-year-olds. They're going to do that anyway. Sometimes they're going to scratch their butt and pick their nose. Sometimes at the same time. That's what we call a normal two-year-old. But you know what you can do is, again, with good hand-washing and trying to educate them, that helps. Again, RSV, I just want to also make make sure that everybody understands. Remember, RSV is also an adult problem too. It's an under-recognized adult problem. So when your child who's at two or three years of age and is at home with a runny nose, cough, maybe a little wheezing, Who's going to be watching? Most of the parents have to go to work, usually it's the grandparents that sometimes come over and they watch the babies. And so it's very important to make sure that the grandparents know to wash their hands, to wash the baby's hands, to make sure that they don't get um, uh, the RSV that can then cause a lot of problems in the adults too.
1: Is um, getting the flu shot part of that?
0: You know, the flu shot is always a part of every winter season, um, but it doesn't help against RSV. What it does do is it helps against flu. RSV is like the number two cause of all our respiratory virus problems. The flu is number one. Um, and so we see tens of thousands of deaths each year, and this, then, in this case, the flu really, really is a bad problem in, a, in adults, especially over the age of 65, but under the age of two also causes really bad uh, uh, infections. And so getting the flu shot, if you haven't gotten the flu shot this year, it is absolutely important for you to go ahead and get the flu shot. The flu season isn't over. It goes on until uh, March, early April, so there's always something to, to do.
1: Absolutely. It's great advice. Skate your flu shot. Wash your hands. Yes.
0: You, <laughs> awesome. You're in, good, if you're, in, you're in a good place if you can do both of those. Yes.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you, Dr. Esper, for being here.
0: Yeah. Happy to be here. Thank you very much.
1: To learn more about RSV and reducing the risk for your child, visit clevelandclinicchildrens.org. If you want to listen to more Health Essentials podcasts featuring Cleveland Clinic experts, subscribe on iTunes or visit clevelandclinic.org slash HEPodcast. And don't forget, follow Cleveland Clinic Childrens on Facebook and then on Twitter at Clee Clinic Kids, all one word. Thanks for listening.
0: This concludes this Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.